Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is the show about everything mountain biking, from equipment to trail guides and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray, joined as always by Tom Bell. How are you doing, Tom? Hi, Colin. Good to speak to you. Good. You too. You too. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, I'm just thinking back to the last episode. It was good fun talking to all the maintenance staff. I hope yeah. if you uh, if you missed out on the last episode, go back and check out all of our tips around uh, bike maintenance, how to get into fixing your bike, all the places to go to find bike maintenance tips. Um, yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing around actually. I've been setting up my garage in the last week. Cause I just moved house and I'm, I'm setting up my stand and everything. Cool. So um, I'm currently trying to get back into the bike maintenance groove i've not been um, doing a lot of it recently because my last house the garage was a wee bit difficult to get rid and set up it wasn't right. as big now i've got a double garage so it's going to be a luxurious maintenance space nice nice <laughs> i was actually i was playing around with a masonry drill trying to uh, uh screw some stands and mounts and stuff into the walls so i've now got yeah. about six bikes up in the walls which makes such a difference Oh, it's cool. That's a good, it's great. It creates so much space when you can actually uh, store them in an efficient manner. Yeah, yeah. What uh, What does your storage, your bike storage place look like? Yeah, so we we live, uh, or I live in an apartment. But actually, we when we when we bought the apartment, it came with a gigantic storeroom on the other side of the corridor, and uh, the the storeroom's actually, I think, it's bigger in floor space than our actual uh, living <laughs> apartment right. um so we've got uh, i've just got a crazy amount of space to work with so i've got one kind of area of the uh storeroom set up as kind of bike bike maintenance yeah, yeah. Uh, the bike maintenance hub so i've got again like you said stuff on the walls with it all uh segmented into different little uh, containers and then a bike stand so yeah, yeah, for, yeah for apartment living i've got quite a good uh quite a good setup actually that's brilliant yeah so that i don't i can't even think what that looks so you've got a separate room outside of your apartment but it's not like a garage or anything like that. it's just uh yeah exactly so it's on we're on the top floor yeah. and we've got uh on one side of the corridor is just the door into our apartment and yeah. then on the other side um yeah when we when we bought it the, the guy who owned the flat before us um had the opportunity after it bought the apartment yeah. to buy this storeroom, which ah, was just an so empty it was space. Separate, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was separate, and then it uh, it got sold together. So we yeah, bought yeah. both at the same time, Good and uh, so we've we've got the apartment kind of minimalist and just yeah. just the kind of very basics, and then we've got all that kind of clutter and uh, and food yeah. larder and all that sort of stuff in that the. In the storeroom, that is unusual great. for a flat, isn't it? That's uh, it is. Amazing. It's about <laughs> it's about as close to having a garage, you know, a, a, yeah. on a sort of top floor apartment uh, as, as you can get. So uh, that's kind of why we bought the place, and yeah. that's why it's worked out really well for because my my girlfriend's got um, lots of bikes and lots of running kit and all this other yeah. stuff as well. So we can keep that away from uh, where we yeah. sort of live on a day to day basis. It's good, to, yeah. good to have a dirty store. <laughs> that's it. It is. Yeah. Yeah. As well. How do you do? You have. Uh, how do you mount your how do you store them do you have like racks up in the walls do you have uh, racks in the floor what do you do well just just because the, the space is so cavernous we've yeah. just got the bikes kind of lent up against the back wall yeah. just in, in a line and then um just around the corner i've got a little area with the uh with the bike stand so typically one bikes in that stand kind of all the time yeah. and yeah. um and yeah all the all the tools and that kind of thing and bike bags and everything are all just kind of uh tucked away so um yeah, work, works great. Cool. I, I was looking into storage 
uh, method, I suppose, storage solutions just recently yeah. because because of the guards thing, um, figuring out how to get maximum use for our space and i found this mm. way to do it it's, it was really cool i was going to do it but it turns out it doesn't really work in my garage but it would work for most places which was i thought it was pretty ingenious it was you know normally you get racks that go up in the wall and basically the bike is just hanging down um and the trouble you have is that the handlebars are way wider than the bottom yeah. of the bike so you're kind of you've got a lot of wasted space mm. in there amongst there the way they did it was that they had if you imagine i'll try and describe this wonderful work you imagine you've got um all you've got is two little maybe six inch by six inch uh thin wooden blocks and they yeah. are stuck to so flat flat wooden blocks but they're a square of wood bolted into the wall so all it is is like it sticks out just maybe an inch and it's maybe six inches across and yeah. it only needs to be a few inches high actually so it's just this rectangle bolted to the wall and then above that by the height of the bike really you've just got a, a decent little cable and a hook bolted to the wall as well and all you do is you put the bike up on you've got two of these two of these blocks bolted to the wall wheel width apart put the wheels onto those blocks so that the bike is kind of slanted out a little bit hook it yeah. onto the the crossbar and then the bike basically the wheels sit on those blocks right against the wall the bike hangs out a little bit based on this hook holding it up so yeah. that the handlebars are just contacting with the wall but the thing with this is that suddenly you can have them overlapping <laughs> so you can have three bikes vertically because because the wheels are stuck in right against the wall that can be like at the height of the pedals of the bike below it yeah because they, yeah, they basically yeah because the the width is the handlebars but if you hang the handlebars out from the wall then the wheels are in on the wall then actually they can be like they can be really heavily overlapping all the way up the wall so even on a a relatively low wall height you can get three bikes say a lot in yeah. yeah and it makes it seemed to make a really big difference my trouble is my garage is actually really low so it's not much it's like only a foot higher than head height so i actually didn't save much space but see mm. if, if you have a bit of a higher wall it seemed like it was a great way and a flat for example with a big a high ceiling you could get three bikes four bikes vertically mm. really easily so yeah just thought i'd uh, tell people that yeah yeah <laughs> i just well, thought it was I always, ingenious i always like looking on uh, things like pinterest you know it's uh, a bike storage solutions you can always find some some really yeah. ingenious uh, ways that people have crammed a ridiculous amount of bikes into a small space. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, there's I, always I think that's good... exactly what I found, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's full of that sort of stuff. Yes. Well, I'll update on uh, garage progress as it goes. I'm <laughs> uh, currently installing the, uh, the Turbo Trainer setup with the Tax Neo as well. So it's got the TV and stuff set up so I can do my Zwifting. Um, but yeah, it's it's good fun playing around, just uh, setting it up as a, a wee play space for yeah, maintenance yeah. And, and training and stuff. <laughs> um, but for this episode, I thought it'd be quick quickly go on to go through a few plans um, we've got for later in the year. I, certainly stuff that I've been planning larger trips. And I was curious to ask you as well. Yeah. Um, because there's something I just it occurred to me the other day. I want to try and get away, or I'd been looking at events, so I was curious. I, I was keen to do an event, something a bit bigger, something a decent challenge. Uh, my brother and I did Relentless Twenty Four last year, for example, to uh, like an overnight or away full weekend where you do a twenty four yeah. hour race. Um, and it's I really enjoy the atmosphere of these things. They kind of just it's something to look forward to, something to go away and do, come back and you remember it. It's, it's just good fun. Uh, and I'd been looking into events to do and it just there's nothing quite fitting in time wise this time around. And also um, 
I don't know, the, the prices seem to be rising quite rapidly mm. for these kind of things as well. There's a lot of these events, even if it's just a one day thing, tend to be going over a hundred quid now uh, to take part in. So both of those things were making me think twice about signing up for <laughs> anything, yeah. even though I see them. And it's making me realise that actually uh, it's just a... It, we could easily recreate this on our own. So I started asking my friends about um, the possibility of just organizing a weekend where we just decide to do something ourselves, like a challenge mm. ourselves. For example, um, a, a few years back, six, seven years ago, me and two pals did uh, Coast to Coast in Scotland. So we started off over on uh, Kyle Lochalsh, uh, and it was a four-day trip with um, four legs, four full-day legs with overnighters yeah. in hostels. So basically it was point to point from hostel to hostel across country. Uh, and it was, I, I actually ended up, it was kind of around the time I was having a lot of trouble with my uh, ITB and stuff and knee mm. problems. So I only made it the first day, which was gotten, but my two pals made it right across the country, four days, and they said it was amazing. That first day, certainly, that I made it through was great. So cool. just stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm currently trying to figure out a challenge that we can do over a weekend. So it'd be one overnight, um, just two days that I can convince four or five of my friends to come along on. Uh, and there's a few things I'm looking at. Um, maybe Inverness and a loop up around the sort of North Highlands or possibly maybe over the Cairngorms, uh, Aberdeen mm. to sort of inner Scotland. So certainly, actually, if there's anyone out there listening, if you can think of any good challenges, like a two-day uh, a two-day thing or maybe three days we could squeeze in. I'm not sure. Let me know. Get in touch. Uh, you can tweet at the podcast host or you can email uh, Colin at mountainbikespark.com. Uh, but you, any thoughts, Tom? Have you anything you've done in that that sense or anything you've heard of that you'd like to do? Um, I, I would definitely like to do, uh, I, I, to be honest, I haven't really done anything that's stretched over more than sort of one day. I've done some fairly mm -hmm. sort of epic um, marathon races yeah, and that yeah. kind of thing um, that have ended up being sort of six hours in the pouring rain and that kind of thing. But um, I, there's, there's lots of stuff once I'm kind of finished with, with training seriously and racing that I'd like to do. Um, there's certainly stuff, you know, like... Uh, multiple day stuff on the mountain bike and then i think i'd quite like to do some uh you know ultra running and some of the big uh ultra races yeah, yeah. um in the uh in the alps and that kind of thing that that sort of stuff i keep i keep fairly um up on that side of uh that that sport mm. and i keep trying yeah. to keep updated with all the sort of major players there and um yeah that's something i'd quite like to look at sort of in the future if cool. uh if I'm not blown out by then kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, if you still have knees running. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I suppose it must be, is it quite hard to fit something like that in, in terms of your training and uh, training blocks and stuff like that, if it was more than one day? Yeah, it is. It's, um, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I don't really have that much, uh, that much sort of leeway yeah. um, if I'm trying to uh, perform as well as I can at this sort of select yeah. events that I'm already doing. Yeah. So um, it might be one for a few, a few years down the line, but I'd love to do some stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for there's, sure. There's one called the um, the Highland 550, which is intriguing me right now. I haven't looked into it totally in full yet, but my brother had mentioned it. He's he's a bit of an endurance uh, uh, event freak. He does like, Ironman races uh, a few yeah. times a year and stuff. Like that. So he's he's mental already. Looking at doing the so the the West Highland Way run is a crazy mm -hmm. one. It's like. 
I don't know exactly what it is. It's something like a hundred miles and people try and do it over a weekend on foot. So that's like, you're talking about your ultra running. That's something like that. And he's been talking about doing that. But yeah, um, the Highland 550, I believe is about 550K, which is what it's named for, around the Highlands uh, that people do in all sorts of different lengths. So some people try and do it in say five days. Yeah. Um, and some people just do it as an odyssey where they take three weeks or whatever and just do it a bit more relaxed. It's just yeah. a, it's an adventure, but it's fun <laughs> rather than killing yourself. Yeah, um, That's something I would love, something like that I'd love to do. I, I, I would harbour no hopes of doing it in a record time or anything like that, but I would like to take some like a week and just um do a bit a bike packing adventure i suppose it is isn't it if you're unless you're managing to go between hostels or hotels and doing it slightly more luxuriously but you yeah can take a take a tent yeah no i think the uh the whole bike packing thing's really taken off uh in the last few years yeah. and um you know you see this emergence of gravel bikes adventure bikes yeah um where it's kind of blurring the blurring the lines between a mountain bike and a road bike and um <laughs> You know, just putting the packs on and just going out for a big, a big adventure over a few days. I, yeah. I'd really like to do that sort of stuff um, yeah. at some point, and yeah. uh, I'm sure a few listeners have done it. So absolutely, yeah, it definitely, yeah. If you've if you've done anything like that, if you've been a back bike packer, you have any particular challenges you've done? If you can think of a good a good challenge for either for myself or Tom or even just uh, other listeners then let us know get in touch let me know what you've done what you know of ones you want to try in future again podcast the podcast host on twitter Colin at uh, mountainbikespark.com on email be great to hear um, get some tips for something to do in the future um, they're actually I've had a question from a listener about bike packing so it's definitely someone I've got on the list to cover in depth I want to get somebody on that does it a lot because obviously I don't really have much experience with it I don't think you do either Tom do you? I don't know I don't I'd love yeah. to hear from an expert that yeah great. so I want to get somebody on and I've discovered that there's somebody that actually went to school with my wife uh, in Inverness that writes a blog on it and does a lot of it she just completed the Highland 550 funnily enough oh perfect so I might be able to get her on the show but I won't mention um, names around yet to not disappoint people if I can't but yeah hopefully that'll be coming up in the next few episodes with any luck but anyway right let's get on to the listener question for the show this was something that came in from Benjamin now I'm probably going to pronounce this wrongly Benjamin Leung so it's spelled L-E-U-N-G Lung? Lung? Lung yeah Lung, that's, I, Lung maybe yeah. Lung. Benjamin Lung okay let's go with that Sorry, Benjamin, if I'm getting that entirely wrong. Uh, but here is his question. Um, actually, all it is, is what are the benefits of stand pedaling when biking? Nice and brief. That's the kind of question you can send us via Twitter. What are the benefits of stand pedaling when biking? So what would you say, Tom? Um, what are the reasons you might stand up to pedal? When would you not yeah. stand up to pedal? Let's, uh, let's delve into this. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, as as mountain bikers, um, standing up on the pedals and and pedaling kind of out the saddle is quite um, it's something that you'll spend quite a lot of time doing if you uh, if you go out sort of on any kind of ride really. And um, I would say the key the key benefits are that you can um, that it's much better to stand on the pedals if you're trying to put out a, a big surge of power sort of over a shorter a shorter period of time. So sure. if you've got a, a little steep incline of maybe 50, 100 meters that you want to sort of power up and keep your momentum, mm. you, standing on the pedals and just using more of your body's weight to push down on the pedals is 
generally a much better way of uh, generating that power. You can also uh, lever the bike with your arms a lot more than you can if you're if you're sat in the saddle as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the first thing that pops into my head is kind of power generation mm-hmm. over a so 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 a little sprint or a, a surge of power um, really lends itself to or standing on the pedals lends itself to that yeah yeah so on the other side i suppose talking about downsides then that you i totally agree that's i mean you're trying to get up a super steep bit you tend to i tend to jump out the saddle and like you, know, you try and sprint up it but uh that's when you start losing traction isn't it yeah um yeah. so but then on the other hand so there's two sides to that isn't there you stand up to to pedal and sometimes you would do that in part to balance so if it's a super steep part of the trail mm. you actually lean right forward over the handlebars um so you don't fall backwards because on a really steep bit you can feel like you're falling backwards a little bit yeah exactly but on the other hand that's taken weight off the back wheel isn't it so you gain less traction and because you're stand pedaling you're kind of you're what do you call it what would you call it technically when you're when your pedal stroke is not even is it because you're suddenly you're you're putting power in on two bits of the pedal stroke and not on the other. Yeah. So suddenly it's it's much more jerky, isn't it? It's jerky, isn't it? Yeah. And then that uh, the wheel then doesn't go around in a sort of uh, smooth sort of way as well. So you get those kind of dead spots that, yeah. uh, and that's when you kind of start to lose traction. So you're right, Colin. It's it's about kind of weighing up the 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 traction that you have underfoot. So if it's really muddy, it's just slick mud. You know, you're going to have to sit down. Um, just to maintain traction on that rear yeah. wheel but if it's a fairly if if it's fairly um hard pack it's not too sort of uh loose or or anything like that then generally you, you could get out the saddle and just use that extra power to keep your momentum and and hopefully that should uh should stop you losing traction and that kind of thing but it's always a case of uh weighing it up kind of on a hill per hill basis really yeah 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 you mentioned uh when we we're having a quick chat before about um sort of posture back pain that kind of stuff does that mm. come into it yeah i think uh just just shifting your position around just uses different muscles so mm-hmm. certainly around the back and the core and and as well uh, as your legs as well so it's mm. it's just spreading the load a little bit more i guess um just so you don't get too fatigued being in in one position um and I find if you if you sort of stand up on the on the saddle and stand tall, it can help to stretch your back out a little bit, which can uh, you know it's quite common to get lower back pain as a mountain biker when you when you sat down a lot. And um, yeah. so I guess it helps alleviate that as well. Yeah, I've I've come across um, some people who claim, in fact, one is particularly it's a guy uh, named James Wilson. Who does a podcast? He used to do a podcast. Does he still do one? Oh, he, is he the guy that does? Um, is it Bike James? Is yes, it the site that that's does it exactly the, uh, yeah. strength stuff. Yeah, yeah, Bike James. Yeah, he's um, he's all about his kind of thing is mountain bike strength. So it's uh, mm-hmm. a lot of strength training that helps with your biking too. And he um, has is a big advocate of standing pedaling. Um, now, apologies, James, if you're listening and I'm getting this slightly wrong, but I believe I remember from your, a couple of years back listening to a few of your shows that you kind of claim that actually even on the on the easy bits, just standing up to pedal can be a big benefit, partly from a strength point of view, partly from helping your knees. So there's a, an article he wrote, um, the number one reason why standing, why standing pedaling is better for your knees than seated pedaling. So he's saying it, it reduces knee pain as well, knee problems too. Mm. Uh, and it was something along the lines of, um, so he says, when you stand up, you get a co-contraction between the quads and the hamstrings. 
to stabilise the knee joint. Uh, and it's a huge factor in knee health, he claims. Uh, I say he claims. I, I have no deep reason to distrust him, but I'm just saying it's not. Uh, <laughs> I don't know the background of this, so I, I'm not going to say it's 100%, but um, I'm going to bow to James's knowledge there. But yeah, that's... Um, and when, when you sit down, you remove full knee extension, pressure from the equation of your knee axis. Yeah, the pressure on your knee acts very differently. So, so yeah, that's another possibility. It helps a bit with knee pain too. Mm. I think another slight disadvantage. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure um, if uh, if James is correct there, just from my okay. own personal experience. Yeah, sure. But I, I would say, I would say quite quite often, um, uh, cadence is uh-huh. is quite important, especially for, for for knee pain. So, keeping a trying to keep a high cadence is always going to um, be slightly more efficient than kind of mashing the gears. And, yeah. um, one of the things that you, is particularly difficult when you're sort of stood, um, on the, on the pedal. So standing, standing pedaling is, is maintaining a sort of relatively fast cadence. Generally speaking, you'll be quite, uh, the cadence will be quite slower when you're out of the saddle. So yeah, yeah. I think it's just a case of using, using both seated and standing, in the situations where each one kind of has its benefits and just um, using both techniques just to, like we've said, just use different muscles, um, ease your back. And then um, when you want to inject a a little bit of power and, and that kind of thing, just, Mm -hmm. just using it for what it's, um, what, what it's particularly, particularly good for. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, exactly. Like you say, mix it up. Sometimes you feel like just standing to, to take pressure off your ass for example yeah definitely definitely yeah that's that's one thing it's very good for is uh taking pressure off uh you know if you sat in the saddle for 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 hours at a time yeah, i don't think yeah. anyone finds that particularly comfortable so yeah. Uh, yeah. do you know the, the one actually occurs to me too that um i kind of i almost wouldn't mention because it feels like it's obvious but standing up when you're on uh, more technical complex climbs when you actually need to get a bit more balance and I've seen people do this like they're climbing they're just spinning the pedals fast they're going up over bumps and jumps and not jumps uh, steps uh, yeah. and they they kind of tip over because they're sitting down and they just don't mm. have the same movement but if you stand up pedaling you've actually got a lot more movement around the cockpit you can hit a step you're you know you do a hard pedal to get right up to step pull up the wheel pause push yourself over it and keep pedaling and you can do all that really naturally and move about a lot more yeah when you're stand pedaling so that's probably a good context which surprises me that it's not more intuitive maybe that's something that just come does come with kind of practice a lot actually yeah i would say so i I think quite a few people especially beginners are a bit sort of reluctant to get out the saddle sometimes because it can if you if you don't hold yourself up properly it can kind of feel quite weird and you know the upper body's kind of going up and down everywhere so i guess there is a bit of a technique to it but um but yeah, exactly. I think it can really help on uh, on stuff where you're having to move the bike around underneath you and yeah. uh, maneuver yourself and maintain balance, I guess. So yeah. you're moving the body and the bike around. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because it's, you imagine like whenever you see kids cycling about, they're always standing up. <laughs> yes, yeah, they are. You just watch the next uh, eight-year-old, twelve-year-old that cycles by. Yeah, they'll be standing up on their pedals, but it must just kind of uh, get battered out of us that you have to sit down and uh, spin your wheels to get up hills mm. and have it have your saddle at exactly the right height and all this kind of stuff. And <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose actually there's a good point. Like when you're coming downhill, I tend to put my saddle down because it gives you more maneuverability, mm-hmm. easier for the jumps, uh, downhills, all that kind of stuff. 
and you're going to end up stand pedaling in the downhills to accelerate because yeah it's hard to well you don't get half as much power sit pedaling while your saddle's really low yeah exactly yeah and it's uh it's always it's going to be a rougher ride for sure if you're setting <laughs> the saddle on there on most stuff yeah exactly all right anything else to add there tom or we've covered it no, I think I think they're the key sort of uh, benefits to uh, to standing on the pedals, um, just to eat, yeah, ease the lower back and uh, work different muscles, as well as just have that boost of power that yeah. you can, um, you know, you can leverage the bike with your with your arms as well as put more kind of of your body weight into the pedals. I think yeah, they're yeah. the uh, they're the key ones. Actually, just to be fair, should we say the ben- a benefit of sit pedaling the one the main benefit i would imagine of sit pedaling is that it's more efficient maybe and it's more, yeah i would say so more even yeah. it gives you more traction is that is that about yeah i think generally i think i mean if you want to be the most efficient um generally speaking you'll want to be sat in the saddle sort mm-hmm. of most of the time and mm-hmm. then like we've said is just use the sort of standing pedaling in those situations where it will yeah. it will be beneficial but yeah. um yes yeah, sitting in the saddle maintaining a good cadence and um and making sure that your you know your position on the uh, sitting on the saddle and yeah. and your your sort of position as you, as you sat there on the bike is good um that's going to yeah. be generally the most efficient way yeah. to, to ride circles yeah yeah, yeah and pedaling circles all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah exactly cool all right no worries yeah, but covers it then okay well if you want the show notes uh review everything we've talked about today look up the resources we've mentioned pop over to mountainbikesapart.com forward slash 311 for episode 11 of series three that's mountainbikesapart.com forward slash 311 you'll find everything there and as always it'd be great to get your feedback any questions you have that was a question from james long wasn't Benjamin, Benjamin Long. Ah, oh, well, well remembered, Tom. I'm uh, masquerading this just now. Uh, Benjamin Long. Thanks for that question, Benjamin. Uh, if you want to ask something similar for Tom and I to talk through, send it over to Colin at mountainbikesapart.com or if it's a nice brief one like Benjamin there, tweet it over to the podcast host, which is what you can find me on on Twitter. Alrighty, that'll do it for this week. You getting exciting on for the rest of the week, Tom? What's uh, what's going down this week? Uh, I was actually going to, I was thinking about doing a race this weekend, just a, just a regional one. Um, but I have decided not to, uh, so I'll just be, uh, just be riding as usual. Um, I, I feel like I've got something, uh, nice to look forward to non-bike related but i can't bring it to mind right now so hopefully i do (laughs) and i'm uh, doing something doing something nice for the weekend but uh yeah i hope so well i hope your non-biking related nice thing goes well tom (laughs) thank you thank you all right well thanks for spending time with us dear listener thank you for coming along listening again uh we'll see you on the next episode until then keep on mountain biking cheers catch you soon